Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. We are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how was your day? L.J., uh, had a good day. Uh, and... Excited to talk some some baseball. We have a story here that we want to touch on at the top. But, uh, yeah, it should be a nice show as every single team uh, played today. Yeah, we are going to get into easily the biggest news of the day, or at least biggest news to me today, and that is Pete Alonso is coming back for round two. The winner of the 2019 Home Run Derby will be coming back for seconds as he tries to defend his title in the 2021 Home Run Derby in Colorado. Brandon, what are your initial thoughts on this? Uh, that's awesome. You know, uh, certainly I would have liked to see Vladdy also compete as he was just oh so close uh, during that 2019 Home Run Derby and especially the, the year that he's having. But also it goes the same way. You know, he's having such a good year. You know, why do something like the home run derby where, you know, you could get hurt or whatever. So, but yeah, you know, I think Pete Alonso coming back and, and uh, doing it is great. I think we're going to have a really nice home run derby field, especially when you throw in Pete Alonso and Otani. Uh, that's, that's two really exciting hitters right there. And with it being in Colorado, uh, we're going to see some absolute shots. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I think honestly the spot that Vladdy failed was his shape. Maybe it's just me. I've watched it a couple of times now, whether he'll admit it or completely admit it or not. He looked pretty gassed going down the stretch. 
And for a guy who just muscles home runs, that's not going to be a winning strategy down the line. So now we're not looking at fat Vladdy anymore. We're looking at Vladdy in the best shape of his life. And he's still ripping bombs. So he's only going to have more energy and more stamina going down the stretch. So if he were to get in into this field, he could easily go on an absolute tear, like murdering balls at a more consistent rate than even he did two years ago. And two years ago, display was impressive. As for Pete Alonso, I'm all here for it. You know, this is one of the most exciting power, just pure power guys we have among the young group. And the only thing I'm hoping for nitpick wise is can he get somebody else to throw pitches? Brandon, I'm not sure if you remember the 2019 Derby, but I think it was like his cousin or something. It was a family member doing his uh, throws, throwing to him for the home run Derby. And they were not in the right spot the entire night. He won that in spite of the pitching. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize how important the the pitcher is for the home run derby. It seems, seems like, you know, but there's been years where, uh, was it Acuna who had like one or something uh, that year? I feel like he, he, it was either him I forget who he was it was down but there, but I don't believe he had one. Someone had like a really bad round and it was just like their, their, their pitcher kept jamming them. And it's just like, come on, dude, like throw it over the plate. Yeah. Like if you, if you can't get a good pitch to hit. You can't be blamed for it. I mean, even if it's like a meatball, if it's too far in, you're not going to be able to get it out. And you're certainly not going to be able to get it to the extra bonus line. I believe it's at 450. They should probably move it back for this year with everything that is going to be going on at this part. But I have an actually a very important message here that I think deserves to be delivered given the venue for this event, given the field that is coming together. And this is something I have prepared for. I have taken my contacts out and moved to glasses just for this very specific statement I have to make. For those of you listening, I am taking my glasses off now for emphasis. Bryce Harper, this is for you. You are not only one of the most exciting power hitters in the league right now, you are possibly the most exciting power bat of the generation. You don't just tip balls out of the park. You crush them out of the park consistently. And your 2018 was one of the most amazing home run derbies I will have ever seen possibly will ever see why don't we get around to two prove to us remind all of the doubters that you are the alpha dog you are an animal that cannot be tamed and come back and win this one here in Colorado it's going to be so much easier to do the things that you were doing in Washington ripping them into the second third decks in a field on normal elevation you raise that up to elevation and these will be nukes that are unlike anything anyone else has ever done. You and your dad come back, have the time of your life, and make every single baseball fan out there happy. Bring more fans to the sport and make more people love the home run derby, just like so many of us. Bryce, you got to do it. Come on, bud.
All right. Glasses uh, are back on. The emphasis is off. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper, this is your 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 call out. So, uh, you know, it, <laughs> you know, it would actually be really cool to see him come back, though. I mean, him versus Pete Alonso would be really exciting, especially because it's you know two NL East teams and possibly their best players, uh, you know, going at it. But I don't know. I I think we could really see a. a good field this year uh especially that otani's doing it and now that pete alonzo is doing it i feel like we might see some some uh, more of the higher uh, caliber players do the home run derby oh yeah i mean honestly those two alone are going to attract more guys being like hey i want to go again particularly otani this will be the first time he does it and you're just going to attract a whole bunch more people that are like, I want to beat this guy. I want to prove I'm better than this guy who's looking like he's on pace to win the American League MVP. I want to beat the MVP. The other guy, you know, Bryce Harper is more of a priority to me because he he is one of my favorite, probably my favorite power bat out there. Kyle Schwarber is number two on my list. And I genuinely feel like Kyle Schwarber would, would do it in a heartbeat. I'm not sure how many he's participated in, but he came in second to Harper in 2018. I, I think he, he, if I had to choose like my dream lineup, I think he is definitely in there with these, those other three. With the way that he's been hitting the ball uh, lately, and we're certainly going to talk about that crazy Phillies nationals game, uh, actually coming up next, but just, I mean, he is just, I don't know what has gotten into him in this last week or so, but as soon as they put him in that leadoff spot, he has just been absolutely crushing the ball. I mean, he's already up like pretty close to 20 home runs. I think he might be at 19. 19. Uh, I don't know if the one he hit today put him at 20. Yeah, the, no, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Today's was 19, but still. Still, that's, yeah, still. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's only three behind the leader, and the leader is absolutely insane right now. Four behind the leader because uh, it's Otani and – No, I mean oh, – right. Is it Tatis? Tatis at 22, I believe it is. Got it. Okay. Uh, I could be completely wrong on that. Vladdy and Otani at 23. Um, yeah, other guys I could love to see in this first off, Nelson Cruz is always a dream. Jorge Soler would be an unexpected pick, I feel. But I feel like that would also be kind of cool. Yeah, he hasn't been as, as good this year. It, it's a shame. Uh, you know, I've, I, I want to see Tatis. I want to see Acuna. I think that anyone would want to see those two uh in terms of another a left-handed bat i think matt olson would be really interesting uh i mean he has a lot of game power he hits the ball deep it seems during games a lot uh would love to see him you know uh cruz would be good freddie freeman i'm just kind of scrolling through the list here uh how about the hometown guy, Ryan McMahon? Like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Like, 
I feel like he could he could step in and uh, and possibly take the last spot or whatever. Uh, oh, so, so, somebody from Colorado has to. It just feels like that's a thing. I'm going to throw a Red Sox into the ring. Rafael Devers, if we're talking about left-handed bats to come into this competition, will hit a nuke on the regular. And guess what, Rafi? No one's going to be throwing you fastballs. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah, he gets those very nice 70-mile-an-hour meatballs right there. Right down the plate. Yeah. Well, LJ, what do you say that we uh, get into these games? Because then we do want to do one uh, MLB Daily Hall of Fame pick uh, at the end. Yeah, I mean, we're going to go and transition right into the game of the man that must join this Hall of or not Hall of Fame home run derby class, Bryce Harper in the Phillies and Nationals game. And this game starts with a five nothing advantage for the Phillies, including the 10th home run of the year for Mr. Sir Sire Bryce Harper. Top of the top of the fifth and the Nats come rallying back. RBI double for Starling Castro is followed by an RBI single by Victor Robles. And then, as we alluded to previously, Kyle Schwarber goes yard, his 19th home run of the year, and it ties the game at five. We will go ahead to the bottom of the fifth, where Andrew McCutcheon manages to hit a grand slam and put the Phillies back out to a decent lead here. And this will be one where they kind of have to keep chipping away here. Uh, Trey Turner is able to drive in a few. And then from there, Josh Bell hits a grand slam and takes chipping away completely out of the water as the Phillies go, or I'm sorry, the Nationals go up 11-9. It takes runs in the bottom of the seventh and bottom of the eighth to make this an 11-12 Phillies lead going into the ninth inning. In that ninth inning, they get runners on, and Starling Castro is able to rip an RBI single and put the Nationals up in winning position 13-12. Give the win to Rainey out of the bullpen. The unfortunate casualty of this crazy a game is, of course, the pitching, particularly the starting pitching, as Fetty gets the start here for Washington, goes four innings, allowing six hits, five earned with two home runs. And Vince Velasquez gets the start for the Phillies. He goes four and a third, allowing four earned runs and five strikeouts. The loss goes to Hector Neris. All right, uh, on to the Tigers and the Cardinals. Nolan Arenado gets this one started with a solo shot in the second, and then Tommy Edmond with an RBI single in the third, and the Cardinals take a 2-0 lead. Uh, The Tigers then take the lead over the next three innings, getting a Jonathan Scope RBI double, a Daz Cameron solo home run, and a Jonathan Scope uh, solo home run. And the Tigers would take a four to two lead. Later on in the sixth, uh, Akil Badu uh, with an RBI single to make it five two Tigers. And then 
They get a sack fly from Isaac Paredes to make it 6-2, and that's your final. The Tigers win this one. Give the win to Matt Manning. Uh, his, I believe his first MLB win, yeah. Yes, five, second start, so yeah. Five and two-thirds, five hits, two earned runs. Uh, certainly a nice start against this uh, pretty potent Cardinals offense who – has been struggling, but and it's a surprise, especially with all the names that they have up and down that that lineup. Uh, but the loss to John Gant, three innings, three earned, four walks, and four strikeouts. Yeah, it's always great to see Akil but doing good things, you know? We love to see it, especially after him and both – well, both him and your mean – Mercedes, those were our guys at the start of the year, and they both kind of forgot how to play baseball over the last couple weeks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Akil hasn't been terrible. All right, no, no. He had no, I, I he hasn't been bad, but he got cold for like the beginning of May and then has become a solid like everyday player from there. Yerman Mercedes yeah, has no. legitimately forgotten how to hit the ball. He got and Tony LaRusso yelled at him. Yeah, no, he 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 completely got his confidence killed after he hit a home run on a 3-0 pitch against a position player and then got yelled at it for it. And, and you know, it just completely killed his confidence. You know, I don't feel bad for him anymore, Brandon. I got to be honest. You're okay. an adult. You're an adult man. And one guy yelling at you over something that equates to little to nothing is going to send you spiraling for like, what has it now been? At least a month. Well, you know, I think I think you make a point there. Yelling at someone for something that essentially equates to nothing. No, but, but no, no, I mean, I mean the, the punishment equated to nothing. We're not going to get into this argument again of no. whether it, it really didn't mean much. I, I will say there, it, neither side meant much. However, buck up, Yerman. Like, be a man. And it's also hard to hit. Like, it's it's also very hard to beat an MLB hitter this year. It is hard to hit, it, but there shouldn't be this steep a decline with no real incline in your game. You know, let's not be extremely hard on this guy because through the first, like, a couple weeks of the year, we were uh, just – completely praising the ground that he walked on so i'm trying i'm trying to check to see did he play today he didn't play today no like like remind me to check sometime what's his what's his batting average right now yeah that's also amazing two seven he that is amazing the fact that he was hitting so well that he can afford to basically take a month off and be fine yeah i mean he still has a higher batting average than pretty much all of the White Sox lineup uh, other than Tim Anderson and Yohan Mankata. Not higher than DeGrom, though. I mean, if you're getting beat out by a pitcher, that's pretty sad. Yeah, well, his is going to start to go down as they just don't Don't let him him in the bat. (laughs) Um, We're going to go into this Red Sox-Rays game. It was pretty much over as soon as it started. This was kind of an embarrassment on Garrett Richards part um 
Xander Bogart sing- had an RBI single in the top of the first to score Alex Verdugo. Gives the Red Sox their first and only lead of the game. In the bottom of the first, Austin Meadows goes yard for a two-run piece. And then in the bottom of the second, Mike Zanino hits another two-runner, makes it a 4-1 game. It gets out, gets as far as a 5-1 game when Wander Franco is able to bring one in on a throwing error. And then soon after, Garrett Richards is pulled after an inning in two-thirds. I see Brandon Workman come into the game, and I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I've had fun. This this is about all of this game I need. Uh, the Rays win 8-2. to two. Give the win to Rich Hill, who is still doing very good things here. Five innings, one earned, five strikeouts with three hits. Garrett Richards gets the loss, an inning and two-thirds, allowing three hits, five runs, four of which earned, four walks, and two home runs no bueno no yeah not good for him not good for matt andrees either at the back end of the bullpen i mean that Drusy, experiment Drusy's of pieces is again i actually i think this is what we talked about with um oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name brad when he was oh. on the other, uh, a couple of weeks ago matt andrees is only allowed to come into games when there is absolutely no hope for at least one team yeah, you don't want to be in that role. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Like, you you, you don't want to be that pitcher. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. Um, <laughs> You're not that guy. Yeah, no, honestly, like, I can't, I cannot think of a time over the last two months. Maybe he got, he got like a month of being like, hey, your numbers are pretty good. That's why we brought you in. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of fell into the black hole of suckage and has yet to be re- really reclaimed. Is it safe to say that? What's that guy's name? Is it Yaxel Rios? Yes. Are you more comfortable with him in a higher leverage situation than than Andres at this? One hundred percent. And this is a guy who, like you, just like bought from Seattle. You're saying, yeah, we're just gonna buy this guy and just stick him in our bullpen to see how it goes. We're not. We're not at a point. We haven't. That's the thing is. I think we've done a pretty good job of saving Matt Andrees's reputation by basically not putting him in positions where he can actually fail because he ha- he is perp- perfectly walking the line between if he got cut, no one would care 
However, no one would also be celebrating that he got cut. Like, it would be that perfect level of I don't care if he was no longer on this team. But no, I'll take Yaxel Rios over Workman or Andres at this point. Yeah, certainly not. Which is, which is sad because, you know, Brandon Workman was one of the best relievers in the game for, like, what would you give him? Five months? Yeah. He had Basically, a, he had a okay June, of, June of 2019 through August of 2020, he was an elite closer and then went to the Phillies and it all went up in smoke. He's back, though. Yes, he's back. Two walks at a time. <laughs> all right. On to... The Giants and the Angels, Shohei Otani taking on Kevin Gosman. And this one, we're scoreless until the top of the fifth when Mikey Yaz. Mikey Yaz! Solo shot his 10th of the year, and the Giants take a one nothing lead. Luis Rengifo with a uh, his second home run of the year in the bottom of the fifth. Yeah, that's a solo shot, and we are tied at one. We go to extras with this score, and in the top of the 12th, we're scoreless through the 10th and 11th. Top 12, Steven Duggar with an RBI double to make it 2-1 to one San Francisco. In the bottom of the 12th, the Angels come through. Juan Lagares with an RBI single. We're tied at two heading into the 13th inning. In the 13th, Angels relievers Alex Claudio and Junior Guerra combined to allow seven runs. Seven in the top of the 13th. You can give thanks to a Brandon Crawford bases loaded walk, a wild pitch by Junior Guerra, a Steven Duggar RBI single that scores two, and then Mike Talkman, the sock man, with a three-run bomb to cap it off. Uh, the Angels get one run in the bottom of the 13th. Not that it matters. And the Giants go on to win 9-3. to three. The win goes to Dominic Leone out of the Giants' bullpen. Kevin Gosman, seven innings, four hits, one earned run, nine Ks. Season ERA is now at 1.49. Very, very good. And it was an also... An excellent start from Shohei Otani. Uh, six innings. Uh, really nice to see him be able to go a full six. One earned, nine strikeouts, and only two walks. Uh, you know, he has really struggled with the walks this year. But, uh, yeah, awesome start against a really good Giants team. It just sucks that the, the bullpen and uh, slash offense uh, couldn't really come through lj i'm not sure if you saw this one but this I, was... I, yeah i watched the majority of this one there's a couple of pretty notable things in the late game i'm pretty sure you're about to get into oh the well so i didn't actually see this game but the i saw some stat on twitter that said uh this was the first time ever that a national league team was using a dh in a game but an American League team was not. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's interesting. You know, honestly, this might sound completely stupid, 
but I didn't notice. I just kind of assumed that we were, I didn't look at the stadium when I was watching. I wasn't like paying attention. I kind of just assumed we were in San Francisco. (laughs) Because uh, So in, 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 in uh, terms of the late game stuff here, uh, what were you? uh, um, First off, the angels very nearly won this game. Like we're talking. So I forget who it was, but we're in the bottom of the 12th. They score the one run and they'd go to bring one more run in and the throw gets uh, picked up. I believe it was the first baseman or second baseman and thrown straight home. And Brandon, I kid you not. He was out by maybe a cleat size on the slide. Like if his cleat was like one size larger, the toe would have been over and on home plate. The angels would have had a video replay walk off. But unfortunately, Kevin Durant could have taken the part of his shoe that was touching the line. (laughs) He could have donated it to uh, whoever was sliding into home. And that way, uh, KD's quote, big ass foot wouldn't uh, have been on the line. The funniest thing is, um, yeah, it was Luis Regfro, um, Rangifo. Um, but yeah, no, the funniest thing is about that whole Kevin Durant thing. I'm sure you've seen it by now. There's like an interview from a couple of years back talking about like how he like gets his like game oh, stuff together. And he purposely wears a shoe that's one size larger for like the weight balancing. Just, uh, it's that, rough. It, it's real rough. But the other thing I was going to mention here is what we had from our the performance we got from our boy Griffin Recycling today. The starter on that, yeah, turned position player. So Kurt Suzuki ends up having to leave the game late because he got hit in the face with a foul ball and a face mask. They haven't said anything of, of what exactly is wrong with him. However, he, he got hit and then later left the game. Unfortunately, they'd already, they'd already used their other catcher as a pinch hitter, so they had nobody to fill in that spot. So what they end up having to do is they have to bring in Taylor Ward from left field, who had not pitched. He was their, bat, their emergency catcher, had not caught an inning since he was in the lower minors but he is their emergency catcher and because they were all out of bench players bench uh, position players they have to go and bring griffin canning in to play left field as the emergency outfielder hey you know if it it works except it didn't work but he stepped up, though. I mean, he took one for the team. As for Taylor Ward, valiant effort behind the plate. However, the issue was on the table. Claudio and Guerrera, Tony Watson even as well, could not put the ball over the plate to save their life. Those are also, like, hard guys to catch. Like, Alex Claudio is a lefty who just throws just such junk. I mean, like slider and changeup is like almost half of his arsenal. 
so you know when you have taylor ward catching i feel like you're a bit handcuffed as to what you can throw especially with a runner starting on second base like you know you are pretty much fastball only there i mean do you dare like throw a lot of breaking pitches especially in the dirt i mean you you have to like be extremely careful there and yeah well it's it's just unfortunate yeah, Claudio was not careful at all. I don't think I think I I, th- I can count in among the four runs that he allowed among the three walks. I can count I have more fingers on one hand than balls that were struck that were thrown for strikes. Oh. And they were all low. The That's majority good. of them the majority of them were outside. So you have this guy with no major league catching experience trying to block this junk he he tried his best but it just wasn't he wasn't built for it next up we have i forget who we have next the dodgers and dodgers padres the last game of the night and a huge easily the most going to be the most underrated story of the week maybe even the month brandon i think could you agree on that as no one really knew that this series was going to happen. And now here we have the oh, final God. game and the Padres have already clinched a winning decision in this series. Bottom of the first, Jake Cronenworth goes yard. And then with Trevor Bauer, of course, on the mound to start this game, Manny Machado sends a ball to the moon. You know, I would never root for Manny Machado except for the fact that his stats right now particularly against Trevor Bauer are so disgusting. Oh yeah. I was, I was going to bring that up actually. So I'm glad you did. Uh, His home has made jokes. Like he has told Manny Machado in person. So they saw each other. I forget where it might've been spring training 2020 prior to everything getting shut down. And this is with, with Manny Machado on a new team and Trevor Bauer, you know, this, so they won't have to face each other. And or they weren't facing each other as much. And Trevor Bauer's like, you know, you have single-handedly made my career ERA jump by a like a full point because he'd hit like four home runs off of him up until that point. And I want to say heading into this game was hitting like 545 for his entire career. Well, exactly. That's a thank you for that great segue because the home run today. Jumped that batting average up to 565. Oh, that's 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 crazy. It's 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 nuts that that we have a hitter that can just absolutely dominate such a good pitcher. It's unfair. Well, in the top of the fourth, Will Smith and Matt, the RBI man beady drive in runs to tie the game. This score will hold until the bottom of the seventh where Victor Caratini goes yard with a solo piece. And this is quickly tied up by a Justin Turner RBI single. Then in the bottom of the eighth, the Padres are able to get one in on a walk with the bases loaded. And then a sack fly by Mr. Victor Caratini drives in the fifth run of the game as the Padres go on to win this game and sweep the Los Angeles Dodgers at a score of five to three. Give the win to Tim Hill. Joe Musgrove started this one. He pitched six innings, allowing two hits, 
two runs, only one earned with five strikeouts. The loss will go to Blake Trinan, allowing those last two earned runs. Trevor Bauer started this one. He went six innings, allowing three earned and 10 Ks with three home runs allowed. Yeah, he's now... Dave, of course, goes to Mark Lanson. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Uh, Trevor Bauer now allowed 17 home runs on the year. Uh, really strange. It seems like the only runs that he's been allowing is solo home runs. So he's not even allowing a lot of hits. The only hits he's allowing are home runs. So it's just like, I feel like he is similar to that. Justin Verlander situation. Oh uh, yeah. If it was that, if that was the year he, yeah, that was the year he won the Cy Young. Yeah. Uh, yep. 2019. Where, that makes sense. Cause that was the crazy belt. Cause that was the crazy balls. Yeah. And he just like was only giving up home runs that was the only thing that was happening he was never getting hit around but his era was still like higher than you'd expect based on his peripheral numbers purely because of the amount of just dingers hit off of him well the rockies and the mariners faced off again and this one gets us going this one gets going in the top of the second where brendan rogers homers two-run bomb to put Colorado up. Trevor Story then steps up in the fourth, and he goes deep, his seventh of the year. And uh, Colorado takes a 3 nothing lead. In the bottom of the sixth, Taylor Trammell, with his sixth homer of the year, puts Seattle on the board, uh, and they trail by two at a score of 3-1. to one. But then Story goes deep once again in the eighth, a two-run shot this time. Puts Colorado up five to one. They go on to win five two. The win to Herman Marquez, uh, now back into consideration for the greatest pitcher in Colorado Rockies franchise history. Uh, he's six and six on the year. Eight innings, two hits, one earned run, seven Ks to no walks. Uh, his ERA now sits at three point nine nine. Uh, LJ, the reason why I say he's back into yeah, get, give me your honest take. So now that he has an ERA under four for this year, like he's staying in contention. But we can't if if his ERA goes over four for this season, I, I can't confidently say that he's the best pitcher in this franchise's history because that's just embarrassing at that point. So, a four ERA pitcher is your, is your greatest pitcher ever. Like, I'll just take those those few Ubaldo Jimenez seasons and just say that that is good enough because he had a three six six in six years with Colorado. So, yeah, that's where I stand. That is a weak ass take. Wow. You want to know why? Why? <laughs> because you don't have emphasis glasses. They'll change your life, Brandon. Yeah, uh, certainly. Well, the loss goes to Justice Sheffield, four and a third, three earned, five strikeouts for him. And Daniel Bard gets his 10th save of the year, only had to get one out. I um, forgot to note the fact that I did take my glasses off for emphasis. But we will move on to the White Sox and the Pirates here. 
top of the second. Lurie Garcia hits his first home run of the season before Tim Anderson double drives in another run, giving Chicago the 2-0 lead early. The bottom of the third sees the Pirates tie it, but in the top of the fifth, Yasmani Grandal hits a two-run double, and that's all they need. The White Sox beat the Pirates and stop their skid with a 4-3 win. Give the win to Dylan Cease. He went five and two-thirds of an inning, allowing one earned run and seven strikeouts. The loss goes to Carlos de Jong. He went four and two-thirds, allowing four earned and six strikeouts. The save goes to Liam Hendricks. His 19th of the year and the pirates are still at a are are we willing to call it respectable 26 and 46 yes they're five games out of last so yeah you know they're not okay they're not absolutely atrocious like they have some solid players unfortunately all those players will be gone by the trade deadline as there's no reason to keep Adam Frazier on your team. There's no reason to keep Jacob Stallings on your team. There's no reason to keep Mitch Keller on your team or JT Brubaker or really any player that has shown any sort of value this year. Uh, They should all be traded and this team should just tank for the rest of the year because you knew coming into this year you weren't going to win a lot of games. And now that you have some of these guys playing well, I mean, it's a plus to you to be able to trade them and get some pretty good value out of them. Then you can't have Texas pass you on the way to new prospects. No. Uh, but, yeah, the one thing I forgot to mention, yeah, the Padres, seven in a row. Mm. I mean – this top of the NL West is just so, so messy between these three teams. It's just, it's so close. And, it, you know, their expected win-loss record, they, it has them all at 47 wins. Uh, the, the Padres having the worst run, run differential out of those three teams. But how about the Giants at plus 101? Mm. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Well, I have the next. No, I still, game. I oh. still love the Giants. Um, but another note to strengthen that spot you're talking about here, Padres. It's great; they're in third place with a seven-game winning streak. However, you then look at the last ten games, 
And there's even a team that's better than them. The Giants are eight and two in their last 10. Like there, there's no getting around how good, and there's no real putting into terms. There's not another division that is nearly this strong at the top as this one is. And I'm, I'm riding these Giants until the train runs out of coal. Well, LJ, a team that has been better than both of those clubs in the last 10 is the Houston Astros, who just face off against the Orioles tonight, and they put a dominant performance in. Uh, They score four runs in the first two innings, thanks to singles from Kyle Tucker and Yuli Gurriel, along with a Carlos Correa two-run double. Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Abraham Toro, and Chaz McCormick go deep in this one, and the Astros route the Orioles 13 to nothing. You can give the win to Jose Urquidy, seven innings, three hits. No runs, uh, six strikeouts. You can give the loss to Thomas Eshelman, who got the start for, for Baltimore. Four innings, eight hits, six earned, and one strikeout for him. And the Astros have won 10 games in a row and now sit with a league best plus 135 run differential. Uh, just LJ, this offense is ridiculous. Their team OPS is over 800. Uh, you know, for a season where we've been complaining about how bad the offense is, they're essentially every single time that a hitter is in the batter's box for the Astros. I mean, in eight, like over an 800 OPS, that's like a corner outfielder who you say like, yeah, that guy's a pretty good hitter. And that's every single plate appearance that they have had this this season. I mean, we have teams like the Milwaukee Brewers. I think they're in like the low 600s for OPS. It's it's just, it is mind-boggling what this offense is, is doing. And when you can get a start from Jose or Keedy, seven scoreless, just the... The amount of pitchers that they have here. Jake Odorizzi is your number six starter, and he came through the other night with a big start. I mean, let's not even talk about Framber Valdez, how good he's been. Of course, Zach Ranky there at the top. I mean, this is just a team that, you know, they made four straight ALCSs. People were doubting them coming into the year, and they're just – playing the way that we've seen the Astros play for the last how many years? Yeah, you know, I just, I struggle to find a spot that this offense can can or should really improve. I mean, you look at the home runs, they're seventh in home runs. They lead an average on base OPS and runs. As for home runs at seven, I can't really complain with that considering their home stadium. Minute Maid Park, granted, it is a slight, very slight hitters park that does give up an above average amount of home runs. But everyone who knows that place knows it doesn't really play like a hitters park. Like it feels playing there feels much more like a pitcher's park. So 
I mean, you can't expect them to hit the ball out every time. As for stolen bases, you look at some of these guys on this team, um, Carlos Correa, mainly Altuve, Miles Straw. There's some guys on this team that can flat out run. And the fact that they're 24th in stolen bases, it, it seems purely to me like that is a team to, team strategy decision to not have that going. Yeah, I, you know, I think that their kind of take on it is why risk running ourselves into outs? Like, even if we think we can steal bases, why take the risk of potentially making an out when – our offense has been so good. Let's, yeah. let's just, you know, we'll, we're fine with taking it one, one base at a time because we're so confident in the next guy that's, that's, that's stepping up to the plate. And exactly. I, that's the, that's the thing right there. Um, if it's any other team, if this isn't even, if this is even an average division leader, like if you look at the normal division leading team, and they have some of these speed pieces, you're sending them a bunch still. Even though the stats don't necessarily say you're it's the smartest move, you're going to be taking more stolen bases than this team does. But you've got so many guys who not only can get on base, not only can get hits, but can absolutely mash the ball, that you're fine with this guy going first to third or first to home rather than being on second to begin with. Yeah, and, you know, I think the Astros this offseason have one of the biggest choices to make. They get almost 70 mil, actually, yeah, pretty close to $70 million in, in, in free money from their payroll as both the contracts of Zach Granke and Justin Berlander expire. Carlos Correa is going to hit free agency. And, you know, uh, I think that one of Zach Granke or Justin Verlander is not going to be back on this team for the next year. If I had to put money on it, it'd be Zach Granke, I think. Uh, mm. But they need to re-sign Carlos Correa or get another one of these shortstops, whether they get Story, whether they get Corey Seager. Uh, no. You're, you're signing Carlos Correa. Yeah, you know, that would make the most that sense. That, that would make the most sense. It's that simple because I know I shouldn't be playing entirely the emotional appeal here. However, like it or not, this is one of the earliest guys. I mean, right behind Altuve. It was Altuve, Correa, Springer. That was your original core towards your comp- coming back to competition. That was your core when you started making that push and won the 2017 World Series. This has been your guy for so long. And it also just so happens that he's probably the third best third baseman min, or short, shortstop, minimally a top five shortstop in the league. You don't let that walk. No, and especially when you kind of they, – they, they completely re, reloaded their core by trading for – Jordan Alvarez from the Dodgers. I mean, can you imagine if that guy was on the Dodgers, what we'd be saying about their their lineup? Uh, but they get Jordan Alvarez. He's only 24. Carlos Correa is almost 27 years old, so he still has his best years ahead of him, arguably. And Kyle Tucker, 
who was their first round pick in 2015. Uh, you know, this is a guy who has potential to be, you know, I don't want to throw any crazy numbers out there, but I've seen a projection of him where he's a 40 war player across his entire career. And if you're a 40 war player, you're, you're in very close consideration being put on the hall of fame ballot. So, I mean, you know, even if he's half of that for these next however many years, this Astro team is just going to be scary for a long time. And um, Alex Bregman would also like his name mentioned in this conversation. Yeah, no, uh, Alex Bregman too. You know, I'm because I'm I'm looking at this thing here on Fangraphs where yeah, I was looking there too, and I was so, trying to find him. I forgot he was hurt. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> How can I forget Alex Bregman, who is arguably the best hitter on this team? Uh, and he's only 27 right now. So just the amount of talent that they're going to be uh, just churning through here these next couple of years is going to be uh, really interesting and just fun to watch. All right. Do I have the next or you have the next? Uh, it's you. I have the next. Yes, because um, – the other thing we have not mentioned here is we've spent all this time um, loving the Astros. The Orioles are now on a five-game losing streak. This might not be a five-game losing streak, but we will move on to the Milwaukee Brewers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. In the top of the fifth, Brandon Woodruff decides to help himself. Pitchers who rake, he brings in an RBI single to give himself the lead. Then in the top of the seventh, Abisayil Garcia and Jackie Bradley score runs. That's all they need as Christian Walker and Eduardo Escobar both have solo pieces late in the game and the Brewers defeat the Diamondbacks three to two. Give the win to Brandon Woodruff. He went seven innings, allowing three hits, one earned and nine strikeouts. His ERA is now at a 1.8. Nine. The loss will go to Caleb Smith, who went six innings, allowing four hits, one earned, and six strikeouts. And the save goes to Josh Hader, his 19th on the season with two strikeouts in that performance. Brandon, the Arizona Diamondbacks have now lost 19 out of their last 20. Is is the best prospect right now? Is he do you think he's worth it? Do you think he's worth the pain? Yeah, LJ, I don't know if you saw, but just to make things even worse. So I told you a couple of days ago that the the Diamondbacks catcher of Carson Kelly, uh, I think he broke his wrist or something like that, and he was one of their best hitters. So he'll be out for a while. Well, also, um, Cattell Marte left the game last night or Tuesday night with an injury as well. And he didn't suit up tonight uh, for the game. I mean, can you imagine if he is out and they're unable to trade him and they can't get anything in return And this season is just like, Oh my God, we have, we're keeping Cattell Marte around and we're this we're still this bad and now that he's hurt we can't trade him so we can't get anything for him it would be just absolutely plan f for them 
Yeah, because there's literally nothing else you can move. Yeah, no. You look over to the pitching side, you have two pitchers. Zach Gallen, maybe. You sort of have value on, but Zach Gallen is not the same value he had a year ago. So, I mean, I guess if you're trying to find some value out of the season, you could trade him. However, it would probably be wiser to maybe, hopefully, give him another year or at least till the end of the season to figure himself out. Yeah, you know, you should probably keep the guy that only has one one year of service time under his belt. Like, yeah. but, but at the same time, it's like if if you really want to trade guys away, honestly, I don't know why they would trade Cattell Marte. He still has like two years of service time. Uh, well, because two, two years of service time is a lot. That's the whole point. You trade yeah, Cattell exactly. Marte. It's a, it's a lot. No, no, like, no, you you can get a much bigger haul. Oh, he's on a contract. I forgot. Oh, okay. So either way, like if he had two years, but if he had two years of service time, that's a full two years that say the Yankees would have additional than they would if they were just getting a rental guy whose contract was going to expire at the end of the year. He's like effectively a rental. So Six six million this year he gets paid. He gets paid eight point four million next year, and then twenty three in twenty twenty four. It's two club options for eleven and thirteen million dollars. So, uh, yeah, depending on whatever team he could end up on, they'll have to figure out what they want to do with well, those. But could potentially at eleven him. million with yeah. the way that Cattell Marte is trending. You would, I wouldn't mind. You would. I wouldn't mind paying that, if, especially if you're in in need of a second base center fielder. So my point exactly: if you're trading somebody with four years of team control on, you're going to get more for that player than you are for a one year. It's as simple as that. Um, Madison Madison Bumgarner's contract's way too big. Yeah, that's an M. Movable contract, and they're stuck on that through 2024 because he would be an intriguing idea for a desperate team. Like, I could see a team like, say, St. I'm just using St. Louis. There's a lot of teams right now that are in contention that could really use a few arms. And if all of the arms ran out, like that were on the block, if you a contract aside. Madison Bumgarner would be an intriguing guy to put at the back end of your rotation for the end of the year because he shows just enough flashes, I think, to be worthwhile. I got a guy for you. The contract is not. No bueno. What? How about David Peralta to the Cardinals? They could use a hitter. Uh, He's certainly got experience. He's got, I think, two years left on this contract. No, okay, so he he's only owed 7.5 next year, and then he's a free agent. Cardinals could use an outfielder, certainly. Uh, and is just, you know, he's going to be a name that, that is going to be talked about because we, we've seen that he can hit, and teams – are going to want hitting, especially with the way that the year is played out. They're going to absolutely want hitting. Yeah. Well, let's get on to the Royals and the Yankees, where 
Uh, I almost had a heart attack during the middle of this game, but it's okay. So let's get started off with Ryan O'Hearn hitting his fifth home run of the year in the top of the first, and the Royals take a two to nothing lead. Clint Frazier ties it up, though, in the bottom of the fourth with a two-run double, and uh, we are tied at two after four innings. Jump to the top of the eighth. Yankees bring in Zach Britton, and he allows a home run to Carlos Santana, 12th on the year, and they take a three-to-two lead. But bottom eight, Rube Ned Odor steps up for the Yankees and hits a go-ahead two-run bomb. And the Yankees take a 4-3 lead. They bring in Aroldis Chapman. He gets the save, and it's all good. Oh, no. Aroldis Chapman. Oh, yes. <laughs> walks the bases loaded. He goes in the ninth inning, strike out to Hunter Dozier, single for, for Michael A. Taylor, uh, strike out to Hanser Alberto, single for Whit Merrifield. Now it's first and third. And... There's a mound visit as Carlos Santana stepping up next. And remember, he had just gone deep off of uh, Zach Britton in the eighth inning. So first and third, potentially a left-on-left matchup with Carlos Santana. The Yankees choose to intentionally walk him to bring up the rookie catcher, Sebastian Rivero, who replaced Salvador Perez in this game. And with the bases loaded, Chapman walks a run in to make it 4-4 and blow the save. Then the next batter, O'Hearn, gets an infield single, and that scores another run. So it's 5-4 Kansas City. Chapman allows two runs. But then he finally gets out of it. We go to the bottom of the ninth, and Gary is scary. Game-tying solo home run, his 12th on the year, and we are tied at five. Then Giancarlo Stanton with a single. Uh, he was the next batter. He singles. They bring in pinch runner Tyler Wade. Wild pitch allows him to go to second. And then Luke Voigt hits one off the top of the wall, just missed a home run. But the Yankees score, walk-off double for Voigt, and the Yankees escape to win six to five to force the rubber match the win goes to chapman who you know lj because he got the win he had to have been the best pitcher in the game right yeah one inning three hits two earned runs and two walks the loss goes to greg holland who has his fourth blown save on the year third of an inning three hits two earned runs uh it was Danny Duffy who got the start. He was on a pitch count, pitched two innings, no hits, no runs, three walks. Michael King for the Yankees, four and two-thirds, two earned, and five Ks. I never said it was a perfect stat. But when no, you no, I was just, I was just saying. I know, but I – no, but you – In general. I've, no, but I've quickly noticed – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner that 
the people who hate the win and just first off, first off, plenty of stats have been adjusted. First off, there's a literally adjusted stats. So we could have just gotten rid of them, which is basically Brandon's solution to the win stat rather than alter it in any way, shape, or form to make it more modern. With no, the no, team. no. Here's, here's, here's my thing with the win stat is that so me and you can both sit here without any sort of advanced stat and see that Aroldis Chapman was not the best – was not a good pitcher in this game whatsoever. Probably the worst pitcher for the, the Yankees, for that matter. Okay, so he gets the win. Now, people who were, who were voting on awards and stuff back in the 70s, 80s, prior to that, who, and they held the Winstead at such a high value, that's where I don't get it because you can watch the game and you see guys get the win stat who clearly weren't good at all during the game. And then you can go and think that that is a somewhat a, of, of a good stat to evaluate pitchers on at that point. Like, especially a relief pitcher, their win loss record means absolutely nothing, especially in the context of this. People think that it matters when you can just tell by not using any other stat that it doesn't matter. Anyone for years, because the save has also been around just as long as wins and losses and everything. Any reliever stat, reliever award would have used that. However, earned runs not, while they didn't play as much of a role in years past as they do now, certainly did factor in. However, the attack on the win stat that I hear most consistently, and the one you've just used twice now here, is looking at it on a game-to-game basis, which is not where this stat is valuable at all. If you look at it from a single game perspective, who got the win in that game, it doesn't mean anything except for fantasy baseball. However, when you look at this for starting pitching across an entire season or across multiple seasons, it is a valuable supplement stat. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I'm just pissed off that they used to give the Cy Young to the guy who had like 20 wins and like a 3.5 ERA rather than the guy with like 12 wins and a 2.8 ERA. Like that just. Again, is it. I mean, that's a little extreme. However, if it you was. You can find cases like that, certainly. Yes, you can. However, Brendan, where do you draw the line? Where would you draw the line? Well, like, no, I just think that, like, you're in that era. Like if, if it was say 12 wins, two, 2.70 ERA versus 20 wins, 305. Well, no, it's fair to say that, that a Jacob deGrom would have, would have never won a Cy Young had he pitched in the seventies, eighties or nineties because 12 wins in a year. Are you kidding me? Like, that's terrible. Like, they would never give him. No, 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 I know. But, like, I'm saying, like, if you were to vote. Oh, no. If, I mean, yeah. If using I using vote, only like, those two, would you value the win 
no, we, I'd we, probably we give it to the guy with the lower ERA. Like, especially if they had the same amount of innings pitched, like the guy who allowed less runs over the year was more productive because then, because at, at, at that point, the separation in, in wins comes down to the offenses. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, let's get into, we got Braves Mets next. Mm-hmm. And this one started in favor of the Mets very early. They get a run off of a wild pitch by Kyle Wright, and then Dom Smith drives one in in the second with the score now 3-0. Frankie Lindor hits a two-run piece, his ninth of the year, to make this a 5-0 game. The Braves got offense from Ender Inciarte and Ahir Adrianza which caught this game back to a 5-3 ball game, but the Mets quickly made this a 7-3 final. Give the win to Oswalt, not Patton Oswalt, Corey Oswalt of the New York Mets. He came in relief here today, allowed one earned run over two and a third innings. The game was started by Tyler McGill in this one had a four and a third inning outing with two earned runs. The loss will be given to Kyle Wright, who went two innings along five earned with three walks. The save goes to Edwin Diaz, his 16th of the year. All right, Rangers and Athletics. We're scoreless till the bottom of the fifth when Jonah Hine uh, rips an RBI double to make it one nothing Rangers. Bottom six, Adelise Garcia with his 19th homer of the year makes it a 2 nothing Rangers lead. In the top of the seventh, the A's score three runs to take the lead. They get a solo shot from Sean Murphy. A Sky Bolt RBI single ties the game. And then Matt Chapman with a single to make it 3-2 to two, Oakland. Bottom of that inning, though, Texas ties it right back up on a Nate Lau homer. Brock Holt then singles to make it 4-3. And then in the next inning, Adelise Garcia adds an insurance run with his second homer of the game and his 20th on the year. Texas goes on to win 5-3 over Oakland. The win goes to Brett Martin, one and two-thirds in relief behind a six-inning, two-earn run outing from Mike Fulton-Navich. The loss goes to Yuzmero Petit, who LJ was a perfect 7-0 and coming in to this game, now dropped to 7-1. and James Caprillion got the start, six innings, five hits, two earned runs. And Joely Rodriguez gets his first save uh, of the year for the Rangers. Next up, we got the Blue Jays and the Marlins. And the Blue Jays got offense in the top of the first a RBI double by Teoscar Hernandez and then RBI by George Springer would be all that would be necessary. But Bo Bichette also drives in a run here as the Blue Jays take down the Marlins at a score of three to one. Give the win to Robbie Ray. He went six innings, allowing one earned run and six strikeouts. The loss will go to Trevor Rogers. He went five innings, allowing three earned and six strikeouts in this game the save goes to sal romano all right uh i think we can move on to 
the Tampa Bay Rays portion of our MLB Hall of Fame, MLB Daily Hall of Fame uh, pick. Uh, yeah, LJ, uh, certainly this is a team where, you know, there's a lot of guys who haven't been in the league for a long time. Uh, the Rays, once you've been in the league for a couple of years and have any sort of value, you get shipped out of town. Uh, yeah, what are we thinking here? Um, I've got two pit or three pitches for you here. Okay. One I know you won't go for because you hate him, and that's Wander Franco. No, no, certainly in, Wander Franco. Certainly in the question for me. I I, I made one comment saying that that a pitcher's uh tend to to figure out hitters a couple weeks into their career and Brandon, if you treat, that got completely trying, misconstrued as me jumping off the wander franco they if like, you and keep I trying said, to put roadblocks in front of this train you are going to get run over because this one is flying down the tracks I, I, I have never seen someone who's the fan of a team of a guy like a fan of the team that another player is making his debut against you root so much for that guy against your own team like uh, i I didn't root for him i just silently sat there and watched and said when when that was better than i was expecting when when he hit the home run the other night you were up out of your seat clapping um no actually i don't remember what i was doing but i did not actually see it i've never i have yet to see the home run really people's word for it yeah wow all right so Wonderful. Oh, my, my, two, my two actual pitches here, though. Um, so the first guy I think we need to consider here, Joey, no batting gloves, Wendell. Absolutely. Um, just, again, quick pitch as to rationale. We are now 200-plus plate appearances into his season. The guy's got seven home runs. More so, he's got a 356 on base with a 491 slugging, I believe that comes out to somewhere around 850, 840, 840-something. 840 Excellent spot there. Very sure defender, too, at be at third base, second base. Really, he can play wherever you need him, like so many of these infielders on this team. And most importantly, I will mention it again, the guy doesn't wear any batting gloves. He's a monster. He's pretty cool. Um, I would be more than willing to go there. The other guy I would like to bring up here would be Ryan Yarbrough. You know, he numbers-wise, it's been a lot of innings with a shockingly high ERA. There must have been some a couple of really yeah. ones in yeah. there. Well, I would say against the the Red Sox. No, yeah. guys. Yeah, but it, did a bit of damage to him. There had to there had to be more than that to get it as high as that because I did not think it was anywhere close to that to a four five nine through ten starts. But this is a guy who throws just the right amount of junk and elicits a lot of weak contact. And I think that is such a cool. I'm all in on that. I guess you could call it a counterculture within baseball, where like everyone's about throwing hundred miles an hour. And here you have Ryan Yarbrough, who throws a lot of low 90s stuff, but throws it in a way where he can get the job done, still gets so much weak contact and makes him a very effective pitcher. 
I'm going to throw a couple other names out uh, here. First is Eric Neander, the GM. Uh, mm. I think if I think if we were going to pick an executive, uh, this is certainly one that we could go for. Uh, the Rays are the the weirdest team in the league. Our our Hall of Fame, you know, we try to make each pick pretty unique to the team. You know, we picked Brock Holt for the Texas Rangers because they don't really have much going on with them. Then uh, we like Brock Holt. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't not like Eric Neander. I just think it's interesting how the Rays can operate just completely differently from every team in the league. And that's not like that's not hyperbole. That's not it's not anything. It's just it's it's just how it is. They act independent of the other 29 teams, it seems. And with Eric Neander at the at the helm, uh it's it's just fun and also probably frustrating at times as a fan to see how they operate. But I I just think with the amount of infielders that they have. Just the the amount of moves that they're going to have to make here in the future is going to be uh, somewhat interesting. But the other guy, uh, Rich Hill, I would much rather pick him over Ryan Yarborough because Rich Hill's 41. He won pitcher of the month and it's just been dealing this year. I mean, he's averaging over a strikeout per inning. He's 41. Like, he is just... Uh, I don't know, man. He's really, really been good. And one one last guy is Diego Castillo. I don't know. I've always kind of liked him. Uh, I think that all of the antics that he does on the mound is interesting. You know how he – LJ, I'm not sure if you know what I'm talking about, but just how he has to touch his hat, touch his sleeve, tuck his chain in, untuck his chain, tuck his chain back in, touch his hat, touch his sleeve, and then he's ready to pitch. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like watching it during the entire 2020 playoffs was fun, especially because he's a really good pitcher. And it just – if, like, I was the opposing batter, I'd get really pissed off because they don't want the batters stepping out in between pitches. Yet he's allowed to just completely just – you know, take as much time as he wants. I mean, it's fun to watch. And I got to watch him get shelled and Gary Sanchez hit a triple off him at a game I was at. So yeah, always oh. a special plate in my heart, place in my heart. But yeah, I don't know if like, I'd say that the most, uh, the, the most uh, serious answer out of those three would be Rich Hill. Yeah, honestly, you know, you say it wasn't an entirely serious answer. I wouldn't be opposed to going with the general manager here mm. because it does amaze me. Like, not only do you have a fantastic long-term success plan here in Tampa, but the fact that they're always the ones on the cutting edge. Like, you have had high-level executives from this organization go to other places. You've got them in LA. You've got them in Boston. You have them in, where's the other place I'm thinking of? Is it San Diego? There, there's they're another. Everywhere. They're everywhere. There's, there, there's another place that has like a very high level person that came over from Tampa with them. And 
it just makes it amazes me the fact that Tampa still finds a way to stay ahead of the competition, even though the competition is them. They're all following many of the same principles, but they're able to still come out on top. I think that's really cool. But Brandon, I will leave that up to you. We have, if I had to say, I would say Neander, Hill, and Wendell would be my top three choices. But I will leave this one up to you. Yeah, you know, I think that the pick, like while we are saying it's Eric Neander, it's more of just like their their front office because they've been doing this stuff for years, whether it's Eric Neander, whether it was, um, what's that guy's name who was there? Oh, uh, Andrew Friedman, who's at the Dodgers. Uh, whether it's a uh, Matthew Silverman, who's who's the team president and, and ex-GM. Uh, We're just going to... In other words, if the, if he wins the whole thing this year, we're just going to continue to pick down the line. Then his next in command will be the next person given the nomination. Yeah, like, you know, it's just like for somehow just pass down the line year after year, executive after executive, uh, these guys are just turning out pitchers, executives, whatever. But uh, – you know, yeah, let's let's go with a GM pick here, especially for the Rays. I think if we're going to do it, it would be this pick because there's no real other real GMs that I'm like, you know, that you I, I can really like think of to pick unless. Yeah, no, like even nah, that, that, that doesn't work. Like, it's not like we're going to pick Andrew Friedman for the Dodgers. That like that's just not. Well, there's too many other yeah. like super high quality choices there and plus andrew friedman like yeah while he was a raised guy now he just has a bunch of money to spend so it's not like he he's you know doing to be fair fair, that does make him cooler because he's a raised guy who can spend money he can't keep his players he can bring in other guys but i agree it's very different and i can i can think of two guys that have equal standing to friedman in claim to or in terms of claim to it within their starting pitching alone so <laughs> yeah <laughs> they yeah those those two pitchers there for the the Dodgers make about the entire Tampa Bay payroll uh with their money so actually I believe Bauer doesn't Bauer make so Trevor Bauer is going to be making close to 40 million if he takes or if he stays through that whole contract in one of those years and the pirates payroll is 47 million this year and it would be a lot lower if they just traded gregory polanco because he's on an, an 11 million dollar deal aye, aye, aye. all right well that's gonna wrap up this one thank you for listening to the mlb daily podcast be sure to check us out on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. Be sure to check out our TikTok, uh, which is also at MLB Daily Pod. Uh, of course, we're trying to really uh, get out there and all the social media stuff. So, uh, yeah, be sure to give Twitter and TikTok a follow, play our tr- trivia game on Twitter, and follow uh, both LJ and I's accounts on Twitter. He's at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora. And uh, I'm at Brandon underscore Karen. 
All right. Uh, have a good one, and we'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.